Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Jim, everyone, and welcome to our episode of Web3 Wednesdays. This is the third episode, and I'm super happy that it's not only Goldmember who's joining me today, but there's also Jace, who's... Uh, working as a product manager in our Web3 team at Real Vision, and he's the third of our, us three and uh, will helping us out hosting this episode going forward from now on. So to keep the conversation a little bit flowing, um, I expect also Elaine to drop in from time to time, but who knows? Um, we three will hopefully manage to make this interesting as well. And to start this week's episode, we thought we are talking a little bit about what's happening on the Real Vision Pro crypto NFT side. That's always a good start for us. Um, maybe you have checked out on OpenSea. The volume has increased over the last few days. So we are holding the current level of, I think, around 2 ETH or 1.8 or 8 ETH steadily. So that is good. In general, we've seen a lot of increase in minting, actually. So this is a good reminder for everyone listening in that the minting period is still open until end of November. I don't know. Maybe we are the project with the longest minting period in history. Um, I don't hope so, but it feels like it. Like we started minting in May and gave everyone now until the end of November. We are really asking anyone to mint. The mint, if you're a Real Vision Pro Crypto early adopter, is free for you except of the gas fees you have to log into your real vision account and uh best if you check the discord as well or check your emails you should have received several emails with the minting link we can also share the minting link on the real vision bot and the revision twitter account later again so everyone knows where they have to head to actually mint the nft and you know it doesn't cost a lot it's between probably $1 and $5 minting that thing. And given that it's currently trading at 1.8 ETH, I think it's quite a good deal. So you should mint it. Why didn't people mint? We don't know. Uh, some people are just not receptive. They just don't uh, look at the emails. We had some people dropping into the Discord, actually, who told us that they were off for eight months. So that's kind of our uh, native audience at the moment. Those people are very interested, but they are maybe not interested in minting. So... I definitely encourage everyone to mint. There's one big topic, what happens with the unminted NFTs. There are around uh, 5,300 NFTs um, and some are also in the treasury, but this is the amount of members that we have and we have minted around uh, 2,700 now. So there are basically still a few thousand to be minted. And well, yeah, it's like many things in this project, which we did, we will put that up to a discussion with the community because that's what we did from the start on with the project at Revision. We actually asked people in the community about how do you want to move this project forward. We started with the designs. We can tell you a little bit more about it later. I think we, we will use this episode anyway. Um, as you can see, you know, the title, it's called Learning the Hard Way. So this will be part of that story, I guess. And... Um, yeah, what will happen with the remaining NFTs? This remains to be seen. We will discuss that with the community. 
we definitely want to grow the audience. So my idea has always been that we will split the remaining NFTs with the community. So the unminted ones 50-50, and we will use that to grow the project over time, but in a sensible way so we can really grow and bring value to the project. But if you are an NFT holder and you want to be part of that discussion, this will happen on the Discord. So I urge you to go onto the Discord, check it out and get engaged in there. This is definitely the right place to start. Other things happening on the Real Vision side, which are also interesting for NFT holders, is the October crash month. So not only is October historically been a crash month in the stock market, but we crashed prices at Revision. So last week, Raul basically said October is the crash, crash month and people need a fucking break. So that's what we decided to do. We slashed prices and now you can renew your membership on the one year and of two year horizon at really reduced prices. There's been a lot of um, things already discussed on the Discord, kind of how does it work for people who are renewing, um, we outlined that in more detail there. So it's more than I can probably tell you right now. It's best to read through all the options and all the different schedules and uh, subscriptions that are available. The most important one is that it's basically a 50% uh, discount that you're getting. And if you're an early adopter and want to renew at the one-year horizon i think you are still eligible to log in your early adopters discount that is something we did for all early adopters last year so that is still ongoing so either you commit for two years and get the 50 percent off price or you commit for one year at the earlier adopter discount both are very interesting prices i think and then there is a big piece of well just two weeks ago, we, I think, announced that NFT holders will actually have increasing discounts with their NFT ownership. So we told you that, well, if you hold your NFT for one year and basically you get 5% discount next year, it will be 10, the year after that 15 and so on until 25%. So people asked on the Discord, what is happening now since you slash prices do these discounts stack? What do I do with my NFTs? And well, to be honest, this was a very spontaneous thing that Raul rolled out last week and announced to us as well. So we did not have the time to set up the tech to be able to do the NFT discounts on top of that. But we decided something else. We will use 3% of the revenue that comes from the Revision Pro Crypto subscription renewals and new subscriptions until the end of October. So everything that happens in crash month, which is renewed on the pro crypto side, 3% of that revenue will go into the community wallet of the Real Vision Pro Crypto DAO. So you will really have the benefit of getting something out of this deal as well. If you're renewing or you know anyone who wants to renew, you will not be empty handed. And it's the solution we can offer at the moment. Of course, the NFT discount is still valid. So if you are basically um, keeping your NFT and you renew now and in two years you want to renew, you can renew at the NFT discount in two years. So it will keep accumulating the discount. That's for sure. Okay, enough. I think about uh, discounts, uh, pro crypto news and all of that stuff. I think the, the main focus of this episode was um, learning the hard way and every one of us has a story to share so i want to give the mic to gold member and jace 
to tell us what they learned along the lines and what uh, we want to discuss next. Really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for giving us the updates on what's going on in the RV community. And just a reminder, uh, if anyone wants to see that announcement from Raul, it's pinned at the top of this spaces. And, you know, just repeating what, uh, what Real Vision Bot has told us, you know, any other information you can find directly in the Discord or just uh, shoot me or, or Jace or, or Moritz a, a DM and we can help you out there as well. So, you know, since we have our web three product manager here with us. You know, I think it would be, would be great to ask him, you know, what excites him about web three? You know, what are some like cool products that are exciting to him? And, you know, what are some of those lessons he's learned on, on his journey as well? So I would love to, uh, to kick it over to you, Jason, and hear, hear some things from you. Hey, sure. GM everyone. Uh, what, uh, excites me. I think, you know, at the highest level, it's really the idea of the opportunity that can be created. You know, I think, you know, we talk about it being the new form of the internet and we obviously can see what has come out of that. So like right now, what I'm really interested in is things like the creator economy and, you know, X to earn um, because just the invention of, the token and being able to tokenize things and tie that to incentives. I think, you know, we haven't really figured it out quite yet, but just being able to earn a living or even make some side hustle money from doing something online and, you know, crypto making it a lot easier is uh, just something that's really fascinating to me. Like, you know, uh, Legion uh, had a great post about it which tied to like um a thousand true fans and she's talking about how you really only need a hundred true fans and then you can make a pretty decent living uh and i think that's true so that's that's really exciting and for me you know figuring out how that's done is is what's super exciting because you know it's gonna change the world right like when you think about uh how web two is right now like all the power is in the platforms right the the fang the amazon facebook google youtube etc um and those individuals those founders have done super well for themselves which is great you know i'm a i look up to a lot of them like elon's super cool what they're doing but the fact that anyone now can go and make a living off of something that you know they're interested in they're passionate about uh I think that's just super cool. And, you know, I grew up in the generation where the internet was now starting and it was, you know, consuming and taking a lot of time and being entertaining. But I think uh, as a next generation, what is it like Gen Z's or the, the main uh, audience of TikTok and all that, like they are so primed to take this to the next level and, and like really capitalize on this. So I think that's what's exciting to me is like, watching how these new creators are going to create these little micro economies uh, with using tokens and connecting with each other and using incentivization to, you know, just create, create, create art, create, you know, blog posts, whatever it is. Uh, so, so that's definitely what's top of mind for me right now and what gets me going. 
That was that was great. Yeah, you know, I I agree with a lot of of what you say there. And you know, for me, one of the things that excites me a lot about Web three. Uh, is the ownership aspect of it. You know, you you own your your own assets. You're not renting them. They're not, you know, held on a centralized server or anything like that. They're, they're owned by, by you and you can choose what to do with them. You can monetize them in your own way, uh, which I, I really like. And then, you know, you have the whole PFP trend that's been going on. And, you know, some a lot of people that don't understand will just look at it and say, hey, these are, you know, stupid monkey pictures and all that. And And while they might be at first glance, one of the things that I, I really am fascinated by and just interested and excited by is that these PFPs are also your digital identity. And in a world that's becoming increasingly digital, you know, just think about yourself, how often you spend on your computer, on your phone. You're, we're, we're on screens a lot. And as that develops, you know, our digital lives are going to become more important to us. And with that, we are going to put more weight on digital assets. And as we, you know, create our digital footprint, our digital identity is also going to be very important to us, which is, you know, the whole idea behind those PFPs, which I, I personally really love. So that's why I like to find, you know, different PFPs that, that match, you know, kind of my, my vibe, my, my identity as well to kind of represent that. And another thing I absolutely love, and this is more so NFTs in particular, but for me, they're very nostalgic. You know, I grew up, you know, just like Jason, I grew up in the era where, you know, the internet was just starting out. But, you know, trading cards was a very prominent thing in, in when I was growing up, you know, buying baseball and basketball rookie cards and trying to trade them, you know, playing video games and buying in-game assets or, you know, skins or different types of weapons in Call of Duty and things like that. They all tie in extremely well to the NF to the NFT world. And I think one thing is monetizing nostalgia is just extremely, you know, it's just very powerful. Just, you know, look at Disney and what they've been doing. And I think that is the potential that NFTs essentially has, but even more so because we can create, this is a brand new, you know, playing ground and so many things are just coming about. So I think that's, those are one of the, some of the things that really, really excite me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'll definitely plus one on the identity side, right? Like, and when I say identity, I think it can be in two different ways. Like identity, like this is exactly who I am, like a driver's license thing, but more along the lines of what you're talking about, like what, what do I identify as and what do I, I want to identify with, right? Like social signaling, which community do I want to connect with and who do I want to circle myself around? And yeah, like you said, we're, we're spending so much time online and, you're connecting with more people across the world, you know, across many different things and being able to use a PFP to kind of attach your identity, who you are, what you stand for, what your interests are. That's huge. Right. I think that's like a big uh, utility thing um, on top of just it being, you know, like you're saying a JPEG of a monkey picture. And, you know, Ralph's talked a lot about like the intangibles and how, 
you can tokenize culture and how that's going to be a big thing, right? I think that's one of the biggest unlocks, right? Like, because at a human level, everyone wants to feel like they belong. Everyone uh, has their tribe and it's just built into us in our DNA and how we kind of evolved from the beginning. So identity and like social signaling, I think are are huge um, add-ons to the utility of PFPs. So, okay, now some of you, you two have to explain to me who of you bought the house on chain, the tokenized house, because that is something you sent me, guys, and now now I'm suspecting someone of you did it. The 149 Cotton Lake Way or something like that. There's a platform for everyone who hasn't followed that where they tokenized the first real estate in the US and were selling a house in, uh, it's not in the metaverse, it's a real house, so that is kind of on-chain and that what brought my attention just I think yesterday and today I actually I met a guy who's in the VC space and he was telling me about all kind of different efforts that go into tokenizing stuff right now some things um, from the investment side some real estate some also kind of illiquid assets or uh, things that we have also been discussing in the first episode so for example rum and whiskey and alternative investments I would say and there's actually a huge interest because I was curious when he told me um, about that topic, because for me, it's it's kind of an investment I personally would probably participate in because it's interesting. It diversifies nicely into my portfolio. But the question was always, does an institutional investor really invest in that stuff? Why do they not just buy, I don't know, a stockpile of whiskey and store it somewhere? And turns out that they're really reluctant to buy the physical piece, but for a tokenized version, they are all in. So there's definitely something happening um, I don't know, still prefer the other, the liquid stuff and not the tokenized version, but I can see where this is going. And with the houses, I mean, we, we got the first example. I'm really curious how that actually works out. Um, I The only thing I saw that was the transaction cost was relatively high or the the, the fees for that house. But otherwise, it, it looked nice. Nicer than the thing in the metaverse, by the way. Um, I have to mention that because I watched two videos on that. I saw... I think um, one of the supermarket stores in the U.S. released a video about shopping in the metaverse, which reminded me of uh, also a game back in the day, the forklift simulator. It was so awful, but it had the highest playing numbers in the ranking, whoever played that. So people really played forklift simulator and truck simulator and stuff like that. And it looked exactly like that. Extremely boring and terrible. And I don't know, is that the use case for the metaverse? I'm not so sure, but I definitely recommend you check it out because, um, yeah, I don't know. If you want to go shopping in the metaverse, that might be the future. Yeah, and I just pinned uh, the tweet up from rustybill.eth of that house selling. So it was a house in, in the Carolinas that sold for 175 k over the weekend on the blockchain. So uh, yeah, definitely in, in, in a use case that we, we have not seen before, but it, it was definitely talked about, you know, the, the idea of transferring titles on the blockchain was definitely a use case that I, that I have heard of, you know, talked about, you know, a year ago at, at the very least. So it, it's really exciting to start seeing this stuff happening, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if I would ever buy a house on the blockchain yet. I think I want to walk into it and, and touch the walls first. Um, but I, I love that it's happening. And I think it, it signals um, 
what the future can really uh, could be for us. Yeah, keyword, you won't do it yet, and future, you will <laughs> in the future one day, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like that, to me, was one of the first uh, use cases that I've heard, you know, outside of um, crypto being money, right? Transferring ownerships and just the idea of how you can get rid of uh, a lot of the middlemen that are just involved in uh, like real estate transactions. But I think as an investor in real estate, it, it can really boost the liquidity. Uh, you know, imagine trading houses, day trading houses, uh, just on some platform. I think, you know, you definitely need to do a lot of uh, touching the walls, like you said, but after a certain point, you know, maybe you get certain um, criteria that's baked in on chain and, and, you know, okay, you know, this is built in this, this year and, the roof was updated in this year and the windows and so on and so forth. And you get this verifiable data, you know, it can make long distance uh, uh, real estate investing open up like never before. <laughs> and actually I was corrected by Mark, who's also in this chat. Thank you, Mark. This is community wisdom. He sent me the link to the first house that was sold as an NFT back in March, 2021. Uh, um, it was sold on a platform called Proppy. So it's a Kiev apartment, which was apparently found by a TechCrunch founder. Thanks for correcting me. And that is one of the aspects that I really like um, when we talk about the NFT projects. Like um, the community is really amazing and getting feedback and being able to receive that feedback is something I deeply value because, I mean, when was it ever possible to get in such a group and get feedback this fast be it in the discord or be it on twitter actually when you're in groups or i mean some people i know from the communities we just also created whatsapp groups or telegram it doesn't really matter where the community lives at the moment there are different platforms for different groups i mean mainly it's discord right at the moment but just getting people together and seeing the action that comes from those people was really one of the best learnings along the project. Not only the Revision Pro Crypto project, but also the MonkeyWorks DAO NFT project, which are launched prior to Revision, where a lot of overlap between both projects actually exists. And a lot of people are invested in both of the projects and very active there. So those guys have amazed me all along the way by getting tattooed, um, which was really kind of crazy to, I don't know, accumulating these NFTs uh, just for collecting reasons and for having them because they're really identified with the PFP and with the story behind it. So shout out to all the guys who are usually in here from that community as well. Yeah, for sure. The, the community aspect is great. You know, like an example live just happened there. You got corrected and someone sent you information and just going back to what I was talking about earlier about identity and wanting to belong, right? Like that's what we all want. And that was one of the great things that I learned and saw in this whole space, Web3 space as well as the, the idea of communities, you know, DAOs was like the first thing of that. It's, it's just a way to organize a big group of people and you get a lot of great things out of that. Like we just saw, you know, group knowledge, uh, you know, separation of tasks so that the group can accomplish bigger and better things. And, just this tool that we have can make uh, make it possible that smaller groups can organize much more efficiently. And then like um, Goldman was talking about the, the whole idea of ownership, right? Now that we can all own and what we're building, you know, you're a little bit more incentivized to do so. And you can potentially 
um, gain from the upswing uh, being an early contributor. So a lot of great things uh, that are all coming together uh, I'm seeing. No, absolutely. Now, and you know, in this, in this time, you know, we have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of utilities coming about uh, a lot, you know, they say in the bear market is also known as the builder's market. You know, there's a lot of people kind of just hunkering down and, and creating things and, and developing new innovations that are going to be rolled out as time comes, which, you know, could potentially kick off a, another bull market. So with that being said, what can like what can we do now during this time to position ourselves to be successful or benefit from when those creations and when those innovations and when those builders start, you know, releasing things, what are, you know, what are some things we should be looking for? What are, you know, I guess coming back to the basics, like what are, you know, I guess blue chips, if you will, if you can even consider an NFT, even a blue chip at this point, you know, what are some, what are some like strategies that we should be looking into? Uh, that's, you know, something I'm, I'm always on the lookout for. I, uh, I, I really have made it a point to make this time uh, a learning time because I, I've, I've said this a lot and, and I'll keep saying it. I've learned more in one month during this time than I have in all of the bull market because just for the simple fact that I'm able to tune out a lot of the noise and a lot of the distractions and, and focus on who's still here and who's still providing uh content for you and just actual education that you can learn from. And I think those are the people that I want to be, you know, looking out for and I want to be speaking with and learning from. So yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Well, going back to the topic of today, right? Learning the hard way and relating that to the, the bear market, like you're talking about, one of the things that I learned the hard way was, you know, it's so easy to chase the number go up and the airdrops and, you know, maybe a year ago or whatever, you would see like something thousand percent yield and stuff like that. And, you know, logically, you know that these things aren't sustainable, but a lot of people came to this space because the number goes up so quickly and people have made such quick things out of it. So, the hard thing that I learned was that, you know, to maybe not chase it so hard, but at the same time, what I'm trying to learn is this is a high risk and, you know, a new technology that is going to have a lot of volatility. So how do you balance, you know, what is risky? Because it all technically kind of is risky. You know, you mentioned blue chips, uh, you know, just going back to just buying whatever you consider your blue chips are, ETH, Bitcoin, whatever it is like going back to that, but then also, okay, well, what are the things that are going to 50 X 100 X? And how do you like figure out identifying those things? And I think, yeah, like you kind of were already alluding to the bear market definitely helps with that because it cuts through the noise, right? Like you can see who's still here. Like you're saying, who's still producing, excuse me. And I think that's just a, a great signal of seeing, okay, who's actually here because, I think what I, one thing that I've learned is that a lot of this is um, a bet on teams and founders. And if they're still here and they're still producing, you know, quality content or putting out, you know, insightful things and they're still building, then, you know, that's a pretty good sign that they're going to be able to figure out how to use this technology for, you know, something that's greater. I think um, 
the most I think it was the most recent Rouse uh, Adventures in Crypto with the one with Tom Bilyeu, how they talked about or how Tom talked about how NFTs can unlock new forms of entertainment and how he talked about like if you're going through a story and you own they see you own this NFT, they can, you know, change the story or the adventure for you and provide a different experience for you. Like what that told me was is that okay, as the producer of the content or the producer of whatever it is, they have new avenues to to provide more value to their users, their members, their audience, whatever it is. So again, it's like betting on the team. You know, what are they going to do and how are they going to be able to do that? And, you know, NFTs definitely unlock a way for that. But to me, you know, looking at the team, the, the people building uh, is, is like a, a great way to figure out, okay, you know, is this going to have legs to survive? And, you know, are they going to be able to make something out of this? So at least that's for me what I take from uh, this bear market and how I'm trying to, you know, figure out how do I position myself for the next bull market? Absolutely agree. I mean, during the bull market, it's usually easy to be right. But now during the bear market, looking at the project, it's much, much harder. So I think also totally agree with you there that whoever builds now and sticks with it is creating value. And like, it's good to attract attention during the bull market with also fancy things like, I don't know, token drops and incentivizing people to use the platform and driving adoption. But I think in the long run, the mass adoption will come in a way that will not be obvious to obviously a token or Web3 or even NFTs in the front end, kind of the main use case of it, but rather in the background, because I can't imagine, at least it's my opinion, right? I can't imagine that people will kind of want to deal with the clunkiness of the space. It's still so early and things do not really work well. UX is terrible. Sometimes stuff crashes horribly. It's, Right, we all know that, um, but like for mass adoption, all that needs to be slick. So in the end, for mass adoption, the use case will be the one that counts, and in the background, there will probably be something happening on chain. But most people, for them, it will not matter. For them, it will have benefits, but they won't see it. They might not even look at their NFT or their membership pass. It's basically just a data entry in a decentralized database, which is used in a very smart way to empower them in the end. But most of them will probably not care. But for the ones who do care, it will kind of open up a whole range of new opportunities in the end. And that's what I'm at least hoping for. I'm still hoping for the case where I can actually switch banks very easily because I'm owning uh, a decentralized wallet and like the bank is only the front end, but probably knowing and coming from the banking world, that will take us another 20 years to be implemented. But still, like high hopes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, and I'm really glad you you mentioned that, you know, the way to mass adoption is is essentially making it so easy and simple that the masses aren't necessarily aware that they are interacting with blockchain and NFTs. And I think a great example, one of my favorite examples of this is 
what Starbucks is doing entering the Web3 space. So for those of you that are unaware, I definitely recommend you check that out. I think it's fascinating. I think it's brilliant the way they're attacking this. But uh, just briefly, they are entering the Web3 space on the Polygon chain through their rewards program. So anyone that ever does mobile orders on Starbucks and receives those stars for getting coffee, you know, pastries, whatever it is you get from there, you get those rewards. Those rewards are now going to be put on the blockchain, all without you even knowing, all through their mobile app. And they're not even calling them NFTs. They're calling them digital stamps, which I think is another very interesting aspect of it, rebranding rebranding it. So I think the people that are normally using this, they won't see a change, and they're going to be collecting NFTs without even knowing. They're going to be interacting with these things. And eventually, this is going to cause a slow churn of that knowledge and interest in them until maybe they create their own MetaMask and start, you know, degening into other things down the line. But I do absolutely agree. And I think that is our best way to mass adoption is to use things that people are currently used to doing and the technology that they're currently used to using and putting it into an interface and in a way that it is Web3 and blockchain, but they're, they're not necessarily aware of that. And they still have have their you know great time interacting with their their favorite apps and and companies yeah for sure you know the masses aren't going to come use web3 because it is web3 right and i think two other examples that come to mind uh ticketmaster you know they're doing tons of nfts and have already done that and reddit as well uh are doing a lot of that and those are just two things that people need to use and people interact with already. And they're taking advantage of the Web3 technology and, you know, providing a better experience. And the cool thing, too, with us being so early uh, is that people are going to figure out and try to use this in new ways. You know, many will flop and fail. And that's OK. Right. I think that, like, people have to be innovative and people have to try a lot of wacky things before we figure out, you know, what really is going to stick and uh, what people are going to, you know, really latch on to. So it's exciting to me seeing like all the crazy experiments. <laughs> it's really good examples there. So we have strayed a little bit from the topic of learning the hard way. So maybe that's a good point uh, and situation to open up the floor to questions from the audience and also maybe um, asking you, what did you learn during the last year, during the bull market and now the bear market? What did you learn the hard way in NFT land and NFT space in crypto in general? We would love to listen to you and hear your opinion on that. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the great things about Web3 is, you know, we you're going to hear us say this all the time. It's like a broken record, but it's the community. And one of the, the ways that is, is the, the hive mind that the community has and how willing everyone is to help each other in this brand new space. Cause we're all learning from each other. We're all learning as we go from experience and trial and error. And we share that with each other. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this space is that that community, uh, you know, we're all in this together. We're all going to make it. I know that fake positivity can sometimes be, be a drain, but at the end of the day, it is, it is true in a sense because I, I see it every day. I see people sharing information for free, asking for feedback, and, and that's just what I love about it. So, yeah, I would love to hear anyone's experience, any knowledge you can share with us, any way you can save us from making the same mistake. You know, we'd love to hear it. 
And Mark, don't say that you regret getting tattooed. I see you in this audience and I know that you got the Yafen tattoo. So don't regret that. So we have, uh, we have Art Warden on, on the stage. So yeah, I want to go to you. What, what do you got for us? GMGM. I was thinking about the things that I've learned and you guys actually point out that the community is seems to be the most important thing right now. But when it comes to collecting and investing and creating, it seems like the reward to go to the people who are consistently creating and building something. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but your your voice uh, changer is... I think the frequency is a little odd. I, I, I appreciate the anonymity. We're all about that here in Web3, but I, you're, it's making it a little bit difficult to understand you. Hmm. Is this better? Much better. Okay. What I'm saying is that the, it seems that the, the real rewards are going to the creators who are experimenting. And I don't know that there's as much tangible value in that right now. But for instance, the Real Vision bot has continued to experiment for well over a year now and is able to put that experience into play as we are in the bear market. Um, other experimenters like Mintface, who is putting out copious amounts of real value to people. And I think that the, the biggest thing to take away is to not get stuck trying to trade this and to spend the time thinking about how to build and create in this space. How can we support creators that are um, creative both technically and artistically, but also how do we position ourselves to be able to build and create as well? That's where, that's where the real value is going to be. Thank you. Totally agree. And thanks for mentioning Mintface. I also kind of really like that people experiment with that space and try to create something new, right? For example, uh, Mintface created some things like um, tried gaming, tried uh, playing chess on chain where he moved the pieces uh, via Twitter. People could basically play the moves. So this is, I think it's extremely interesting for all of us. And yeah, I mean, the things that usually the community only sees in, in our case, for example, with the bot, there's a lot of things in the backend going wrong. We have kind of partnered with different projects, trying to move different products, create something around, for example, the investment landscape and things that fail usually just disappear, right? So survivorship bias is very strong. And that's maybe also one of the takeaways that I did learn that you just just don't give up, just keep on building and doing. And that works, of course, well with a community which is very forgiving and kind of accepts that and accepts you as a founder or as a builder. And it gets harder with a community that is also very hard on you and is asking when, when, when. So for both of the communities that um, we are in or I'm in, the Monkey Wars DAO and the Revision community, those guys are amazing. So both communities are really sticking with us and giving us the necessary time and accepting also that we fail along the way as well. You know, and I, you know, I, Arwen, I think that was also a great point that you, you brought up as well, because some things that we forget sometimes as, as holders, investors of a project is 
we don't simply just have to keep it in, in a wallet and leave it. And if the price goes up, great, we can sell it. And if not, you know, we can add the value to the ecosystem ourselves, even if we aren't the creator. That's the whole point of, of digital, of this ownership idea. You know, I'm involved in a project where a lot of, you know, different pockets of, of holders have gotten together and have built on top of the ecosystem, whether that's building out a marketplace that's, you know, proprietary to the project so that people can get away from, you know, the open seas of the world and go directly to the marketplace, whether that's creating coffee using, you know, the images of their PFPs, uh, podcasts, you know, different clothing lines, you can build out on top of the ecosystem and the project that you're already a part of and invested in, and you're adding more value onto that that's beyond the roadmap. And now as a holder, you've just added value to your own investment and everyone else's investment in the community. So I think that was a, that was a great point. Uh, yeah, we should be looking to build. We should be looking to you know explore new ideas and share them with each other. You're not just a holder. You're not just an investor. You can actually take part in this, you know, in this journey of your project and take part in that success. Yeah, I think that was a great point too. I really appreciate you bringing that up, right? When gold member asked, how do we position ourselves? Initially, I was just thinking, you know, in terms of investment, but really, yeah, the building and, you know, I wouldn't call it, even if you fail, it's not a failure. You're, you're building experience and, you know, what Naval Ravikant talks about is building specific knowledge if you just build, experiment, even if you just use all these various protocols out there, right, and you build this specific knowledge and you share that, I think that's a great way to position yourself because now you can join, you know, any any DAO or any community and be uh, rewarded with, you know, their community tokens. And, you know, that's another way to kind of position yourself. So I, I really appreciate that, you know, looking at it a different lens from not just investing, but building on yourself, building on your experience, your expertise, and and then that's a way to uh, kind of, you know, advance in, in Web3 and take advantage of uh, this technical wave that we're going through right now. And, you know, I think a lot of people also get caught up in, you know, Web3 is so new. We're, we're all new in this space. So some people, if you're not, you know, an artist or a developer, you're you're always wondering, like, how can I add value? You know, I'm just a salesperson or I'm just a teacher or whatever it is. No, you're not just that. You all have skills from different parts of life uh, throughout your careers, throughout your personal lives that will add value to this. Because, again, we're not fully in a Web 3 world right now. That's just the, the truth of the matter. It's more like a Web 2.5 or something, if you will. So you can add value. Like if you're a salesperson, you know, you know how to speak with people. You know how to help convince people, which can help, you know, form a message to outsiders to help get them into your community. That's absolutely valuable, even though you're not, you know, you didn't develop code or you didn't, um, you didn't create the art. That is so valuable to your community because new holders coming in, give your project new liquidity to, you know, complete these, these goals that you guys have. So I think, uh, don't get caught up on the fact that you don't have a job that's, you know, quote unquote web three, or you don't have that, that kind of, you know, background, you, you have skills and knowledge that is immensely valuable to everyone else. And another thing is, you know, we're all looking at screens. We're all, you know, this market is so volatile. Mental health is another big thing that a lot of people, you know, kind of go through in this market. So just being a positive person and motivating others is, 
it can go a long way and you might not necessarily know the impact, but somebody that just reads that message, you could give them a lot of motivation to go out and create something and you would never know. So yeah, I would say uh, everyone has something to offer here. Very cool. And then the topic of positivity and also mental health, I think that's a takeaway for us also for one of the future episodes. Maybe we can also do a deep dive into the topic. We got an amazing guy, Ryan at Real Vision, who is helping the whole team, the whole company with that. So I would love to bring him on. Um, so that is something for one of the future episodes. He definitely knows how to motivate us also during tough times. So we have uh, Alexandra on stage. How, how are you? Thanks for coming up. What do you got for us? Well, if you, if you have anything to say, just feel free to unmute and, and hop in and, and let us know what's on your mind. But I, I, I think another thing is sharing exactly what it is that, you know, helped us learn or, you know, those experiences that you've experienced, uh, whether you've been rug pulled or, you know, you, you bought into a scam, those are stories, you know, they may be embarrassing, but those are stories that can prevent someone else from, you know, falling into that same mistake. So I think it is important to share your losses just as much as your wins in this space. Because again, you know, back with that mental health statement I just made, you never know who's going to be able to learn from it. And you never know who you can save from that same, you know, mistake that you made. All right. I think that was a, was a very good closing line for this week's Web3 Wednesdays, actually. So gold member, I think you hit the nail on the top. So this was a great episode, I think. I had a lot of fun. Um, I mean, we diverted a little bit from, from the topic of learning the hard way. I think we got some more stories to share about that maybe in a future episode. And thank you all for joining us, for listening in, for your questions and also correcting our mistakes. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out via Discord, via Twitter, anyway. Uh, give us feedback and tell us what you want to hear. We will be there and uh, yeah, we are looking forward to the next episode next week. Thank you. Thanks for coming everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care everyone.